to the Time for Teaching podcast. This podcast explores the joys and challenges of teaching in higher education. I'm Kelly Fox. And I'm Kim Reed. And as always, I'm very happy to be here today. We have a special guest with us today, Kelly. What do we need to know about Katie before we get started? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kim. Please allow me to introduce to our audience, Katie Albasser. Although in our preliminary correspondence, Katie claimed to feel more like a boring old lady, uh, sometimes, <laughs> especially since having kids, I can totally relate to that, and now grandchildren for me, the information she provided in response to our bio questions and what we know about her as a colleague definitely beg to differ. Just so you know how adventurous, brave, and cool Katie is. Here is a 20-second highlight reel of some of the incredible things she does. Here we go. Climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, swam with sharks, jumped out of a plane, been on a reality TV show filmed in Italy. Got to hear more about that, Katie. Fast-tracked high school and took a year off to travel the world, lived in Geneva, traveled across Africa. And this is just what she had space to share over a few questions. Very cool, cool, cool. Katie completed her post-secondary education at Kings Dalhousie in Halifax and her B.Ed. through Nipissing. And about a year and a half ago, made her way to Georgian and the Academic and Career Preparation Department. When she's not working, Katie loves playing with her kids, being outside, yoga, baking, music, canoe trips, Schitt's Creek, which is, yes, my new favorite, The Overstory, The Overstory, a recently favored book, and she lists The Night They Saved Christmas as her favorite movie. And I am told (laughs) that Kim wore a special shirt in your honor today that says, this is my Hallmark Christmas movie watching shirt. So it looks like you're in good company Just as a side note, that shirt had alphagetti spilled on it earlier when I prepared (laughs) lunch for my kids. Amazing. (laughs) Now I'm wearing a plain blue sweatshirt. (laughs) So, Kim, you know that this is a podcast and, like, nobody can see that, right? (laughs) You know I'm a fan of Honesty, Kelly. I would never pretend to have my Hallmark Christmas movie watching sweater on if I didn't. (laughs) So good. I knew we were kindred spirits, Kim. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the way. <laughs> Katie, you're welcome. We're so excited you could be with with us today. And we'd love if we could start our time together with getting to know a little bit more about you and what your role is here at the college. Well, thank you so much for that intro. I am so thrilled to be here. My role at the, co- the college is that I teach communications in the ACP department, which means the academic and career preparation department. So I... I My career as a teacher actually started in elementary education, so I taught kindergarten to grade eight for about 10 years in Muskoka, Um, and then it was about a year and a half ago that I I sought change for various reasons and um, was really fortunate to to land the communications job at the Muskoka campus. And, and the rest is history. I've absolutely loved working in that department. A lot of the students in the ACP department um, 
have had a, a rocky history with their education. So a lot of them either didn't finish high school or they need to upgrade for various reasons. So there's a lot of really inspiring stories of people who are trying to turn their lives around. And I feel like it's, you know, my privilege to be able to to work with them. And, and it's just really lovely to work with mature students. I think when I had my own three children, um, teaching kindergarten grew old really quite quickly. So um, that's how I sort of found myself teaching at Georgian. And, and funny enough, I actually started right before the pandemic. So I, I think I only had about a, a month before we turned remote. So um, things have, have, it's been a steep learning curve in, in many ways. No kidding. Wow. That's like baptism by fire. Exactly. <laughs> or as Amy likes to say, drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> Which is how we describe to OCDP participants what it's like to be an OCDP. <laughs> you just have to take a sip from a fire hose, that's all. <laughs> oh, as okay. somebody who's recently finished OCDP, I, I get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay, Katie, we've been teaching remote for over a year now, and we've heard a lot on social media and in the news, and also physically recognize the dangers of desk work or sedentary work on our bodies. According to the Mayo Clinic, they found that those who sat for more than eight hours a day with no physical activity had similar health health risks to those who suffer from obesity and those who smoke. It also found that 60 to 75 minutes of moderate intense physical activity a day countered the effects of too much sitting. Personally, I see a physiotherapist regularly for issues with my wrist and elbow, and my PT reports that the amount of people seeking intervention and care for desk-related injuries is skyrocketing. So what are some of the concerns that you see when we spend most of our day sitting and using a mouse and keyboard? Yeah, I, I I have a lot of concerns. And, you know, on a personal level, before the pandemic, I had so little experience actually sitting and working at a desk. So like so many others, I was just catapulted into this when remote delivery began. And um, so I have that firsthand knowledge now of what it feels like to sit for, for long periods of time. So our bodies just weren't built to sit in chairs, especially for extended periods of inactivity. If you think about like early humans or even humans in less developed countries, in the absence of chairs and desks, they squat. Their hips are deeply flexible and their spines aren't subjected to the many issues related to sitting. I've heard it said the same as you just said, that uh, sitting is the new smoking. And certainly the research is there to support that sedentary behavior leads to all sorts of health problems, cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, depression, anxiety. And then from a yoga lens, um, there are often significant problems with our posture while we're working at desks. So sitting in chairs shortens our hip flexors, which leads to a a realignment of our pelvis, which in turn impacts our spine and leads to many postural issues. So the body is always working to adapt and compensate for these changes. Uh, Furthermore, all this time sitting leads to a dramatic loss of core strength, and we tend to collapse in our core and compress our abdomen and all of the vital organs and tissues inside. So it's a vicious cycle. The loss of core strength and stability leads to postural problems and it's one of the leading causes of back pain. And sitting at our computers, our shoulders slump forward and we start to develop that dreaded hump back. And also in this slouching, we lose the spaciousness of our lungs. So we're not taking those deep nourishing breaths anymore. As a matter of fact, I often find myself holding my breath while I'm working at my desk or if I cue into it, I know I'm taking very shallow breaths. And this, along with sitting for a long period, just has lots of circulation problems. 
And often our wrists, as you say, are held at funny angles when we're using our mouse or we're typing at the keyboard. So that's a whole host of problems, as, as you can attest to our hands, our wrists and our fingers and our elbows. Eye strain is a real problem. We blink less often when we're looking at a screen. So this leads to dry eyes and there's reports of headaches, migraines, double vision, dizziness, and all of those are tied to it, that increased time staring at our screens. And then the last thing that I'll say, and I'm just sort of beginning to learn about this, but our body's fascia and the pivotal role that it plays in our health. So fascia is everywhere in our bodies. It's a web of connective tissue and it surrounds our muscles and our bones and our organs. It's sort of like a casing. And recently I learned that it's actually the largest sensory organ in the body. And so when the fascia is healthy, it's smooth and flexible and, and well lubricated. And not surprisingly, the number one factor that contributes to unhealthy fascia is sedentary behavior. So yes, I have several concerns with all this increased time sitting and working at our computers. Katie, I'm pretty sure uh, you have named everything that uh, I do or do wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> the first the first step is always just being aware right so so it's we we all do it we all do it mm -hmm. so i mean now that we have sort of a, a better understanding of the potential dangers of you know not being proactive in our physical wellness um we'd love to talk a little bit more about maybe some of the preventive or proactive ways in, in my case it might be reactive um, solutions or tips that we can help uh, to make us feel better, even when, you know, we we're sitting at our desk most of the day. The realities of online teaching and learning is we are stuck in front of our computers and our desks. And I do try to get away from it, let me tell you. Um, and, and just before we got onto the call, you know, I'm trying to think about ways I can run up the stairs or just go quickly around the block and what have you. But what suggestions um, do you have for our listeners that can be done in the context of a day, of a work day, and, you know, that's not going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. So I'd like to preface this by admitting that I'm by no means an expert. You know, I do have some credentials as a yoga instructor and a phys ed teacher, but certainly no medical training. And also, I don't want to come across as some fitness guru. Like I'm not sitting on my high horse saying, thou shall listen to me and follow my advice because I have no business telling anyone what to do. I'm far from the healthiest person. You know, I love me some ice cream and beer and binging. Um, plus, I'm still working to integrate many of these ideas into my own life. And it's, you know, an ongoing battle. But I do believe that movement is key to our wellness. And I'm passionate about learning and trying to become a better human. And I believe a healthy life is all about balance. So as far as cost efficiency, there's so many great ways to get exercise that are actually free. I've always thought that our wellness shouldn't really cost much of anything. I've never been a gym rat and not that there's anything wrong with gyms, but it's just not really my jam. I'd much rather, you know, exercise outside or within the context of sports or activities or even chores like chopping wood or raking or having a dance party with my kids. If I can take my dog for a vigorous walk and kill two birds with one stone, that's even better. I'm a big fan of HIIT style workouts, so that high intensity interval training. And mostly because they're so quick and I can fit them into my busy day and they give me the best bang for my buck in terms of a cardio workout. And the research supports that HIIT is a very effective way of building up our cardiovascular health. 
And something that I like to do because I'm also not much of a runner is to incorporate hills into my routine. So it depends on the hill, but I'm lucky to have some near my house that I can jog up five or six times, turning my dog walk into a quick hit workout. So I get a great burst of aerobic exercise, take 30 seconds of recovery time to slowly walk back down, and then I repeat. So I get a workout, a dog walk. It doesn't cost me a cent, and the whole thing is done in half an hour. In the winter, I like to bring this inside and I jog up my stairs in my house, actually. I do, you know, more reps of the stairs, but it's amazing how effective it is at elevating my heart rate and bringing on a good sweat. And again, it takes less than an hour to exercise and stretch and it requires no equipment except the stairs and it's free. And then there's also piles and piles of free videos available online. You know, one of the silver linings of the pandemic is that many people made their programs available to us remotely. And to wade through the piles of resources, I'll often just search something targeted like yoga for desk workers or no equipment hit workout or low impact cardio and you can almost always find a program to match your needs as far as you know length of time the intensity level you want and the focus you want and then beyond the cardio there are many things that we can do within the context of our workday to help counter the effects of sitting and staring at a screen so firstly we need to take the time to set up a workspace that is as comfortable and as ergonomically friendly as possible so we have to adjust our chair and desk height our screen height uh, and we have to make sure our wrists are not strained when we're typing or using the mouse and there's many tips out there as as how you can set up your home office in a way that minimizes that strain and there's also many different types of chairs that you can try I've sometimes enjoyed a kneeling chair and some people like to sit on yoga balls and that can give you that added benefit of increasing your core strength and stability and some people are fans of the standing desk, but I do think it's important to note that standing may not necessarily be better for everyone. So all of those things I think are really important, but I think the key message is to frequently change your position. So I read somewhere that the best posture is the next posture, and I really like to keep that in mind. So I need to move frequently. You set an alarm or a timer if you need to, to remind you to check in with your body and change to a new position. Ideally, we would get up and walk around or do some stretches every hour, you know, to keep it manageable, try something like take 10, which is, you know, just do 10 squats or 10 jumping jacks or 10 leg raises. But if it isn't possible to do that, just make sure you're adopting a new position at the very least. Another good tip is to place a mirror near your workspace. And one of the best corrections for poor posture is to be cued to fix it. And seeing a reflection of your slumped form is usually a great cue. Wait, wait, wait. A mirror? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know controversial. I know they're controversial, but I, I've always said that you know some of my favorite yoga studios actually have a wall of mirrors, like they're dance studios more than they're yoga studios, because you can you can really like see what proper alignment looks like. And, and I think when when you can see it, it makes it easier to achieve it. But I do get that. You know, none of us love looking at ourselves, so it, it's controversial. <laughs> I don't know if it's controversial, but still, it's not not something that I like to do, that's for sure. I'm just teasing a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's hard enough to have to look at our faces on WebEx and Teams all day. Now we have to look at our bodies, too. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, and a side, a side profile, too, would be really good. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. 
Sorry, I have a couple more, a couple sure. more suggestions. So another suggestion is to think outside the chair. So can you move to the floor and do some stretching while you're reading? If it if it's one of those meetings that you're, you know, just listening in, are you able to actually just move to the to the floor? Or can you stand and make use of your walls and your doorways? There's a lot of great stretches that can be done using door frames and walls and backs of chairs. Or better yet, can you take your meeting on the go and take a, a nice walk while you listen in? When I am stuck at my desk, I do have a few inexpensive tools that I like to have on hand. I always keep a, a couple of tennis balls under my desk, and these are terrific for rolling under the pressure points of your feet, and that helps stimulate circulation and just brings that awareness into your body. I also have this magical thing called the muscle hook. I don't know if either of you have seen these, but they are essentially like a long plastic hook with round balls and grips for your hands, so you can provide pressure and counter pressure in your trigger points it's totally magical and it can be used right at your desk but if you don't have something like that you can just use your good old-fashioned fingers to do some self-massage which again stimulates your circulation helps release muscle tension like a stimulating head massage does wonders for me in the middle of a long computer session a couple other things are yoga blocks and straps they're excellent for supporting your postures and I love to use two yoga blocks one along my spine and, and one standing to support my head and that's a really nice chest opener when you lie back on it. And then for eye strain, um, I think it's important to keep in mind the 20-20-20 rule, which is every 20 minutes, look at something 20 feet away for at least 20 seconds. And I'll also point out that there are some tremendous eye stretches that are done in yoga. And again, if you Google search eye yoga, I'm sure you'll find lots of resources. And my favorite thing is to like rub my palms together vigorously to create some heat and then press the heels of the palms into the eyes to have that dark nourishing moment for your eyes. And then wrist and finger stretches or hand mudras can also be practiced to help prevent soreness from working with the mouse and the keyboard. And they can also help improve your focus. And, and many people believe that mudras have other far reaching effects. So those are some of some of the tips. That is a fantastic list of tips, uh, many of which I'm going to try to start incorporating into my day. I think like we say with a lot of PD that we do through the Center for Teaching and Learning, I think that is a wonderful list of a bunch of different things. And I think what we can do or the recommendation would be for folks to choose one or two to start with, things that you think are manageable and that work for you and that align with kind of what your fitness goals are. Um, and we will be sure to kind of capture, um, I'll go back through this recording and capture a number of them in like a written list as well. So that if folks want to print it out or refer back to it later, um, it's easy to see all of these great recommendations. So thank you, Katie. That's absolutely wonderful. I just wanted to add as well, um, when we're talking about HIIT workouts, um, that's also my favorite way to exercise. And uh, someone recommended just before Christmas, I think the Fit On app. Um, I don't know if you've used that before, but it's the one that Julianne Huff was um, advertising for for a little while. And uh, it's completely free. There is a paid version where you get, I think it's like $39 for the year and you get a um, like a custom menu based on your eating preferences and all that stuff too. Um, but that's totally unnecessary if you want to just focus on the fitness. I'm not getting paid by Fit On. <laughs> it sounds like I am because I talk about it all the time. But um, <laughs> the, the benefits of it that I think are worth sharing, there are a few. So one is that um, they have live workouts and they have on-demand workouts. Um, also, when you put in all your information, so your height, your weight, your goals, how often you want to work out, 
um, how long you want the workouts to be. Um, they set up like a custom week for you that says like, here's four. So for me, I say, I want to exercise four times a week. So here's four workouts that we recommend that complement each other well, and that ensure that you're getting kind of a holistic view of the body throughout the week. Um, sometimes I see one of them and think, I don't know if that's really what I feel like doing today. So then you can go to like the, the menu and there's a workout section there where you can select things by, um, intensity. So on a scale of one to three, you can select time. So sometimes for me, I'll say like, I have 15 minutes between meetings. I want, you know, a 10 minute leg workout that I can just do standing beside my desk. Um, so that goes back to your idea of kind of the finding those little moments and doing things in between. You can also sort the exercises by focus area. So you can say, I want to focus on my upper body, lower body, back, abs, anything. And then they have a great series of um, kind of themed workouts. So one that I like to do is called with kids. So you basically use your kids as props in the workout. They like do things with you or they're your weight or they counterbalance you or something like that. And then there's also some really great ones, which I think is kind of another piece to add to this puzzle is um, like the sleep component. So relaxation and sleep. So they have a lot of guided meditations that you can use. They have stretching for sleep. Um, they have stretching for office work. So I don't know how they do it for free, honestly. It's incredible the amount of content that they have on there. Um, so that's another thing that may be a good kind of introduction to a lot of the things that you've been talking about and a good free way of accessing um, a lot of those different strategies. Uh, so we've talked in previous episodes about the links between mental health and well-being and physical health and well-being. So we know there's a lot of data as well as boatloads of anecdotal evidence that suggests that making physical activity a part of our daily lives can be wildly beneficial for our mental health and overall well-being as well. Beyond the time that we can bake into our day in between meetings and by taking breaks, what are some of the other ways that we can practice self-care by moving our bodies that don't require gym membership or extensive home equipment? So kind of building on what you've shared already. Do you have any recommendations for specific exercises that folks could do beyond the context of their workday? Or are there any other free apps or programs that you know of or that you recommend? Yeah, so I think one of the most important recommendations is you do you. You know, it's crucial that we're aware of our own body, its needs and its strengths and its limitations. And I strongly urge everyone to be safe and to practice what we call ahimsa in yoga, which means non-harm. So for me, ahimsa means that I think of myself as a new person each time I step on my mat. And my first task is to tune in and become aware of myself. I can't assume that just because I did a handstand yesterday, I can and should do it today. So our needs and abilities are ever changing. I think this is important for women, especially because we're subject to our you know, monthly cycles and hormones and some practices or activities that are great one day may be counterproductive the next day. So listen to your body and accept your body as it is and, and be gentle in your approach. I also think it's really important that we consider our purpose or our goals. You know, so often the messaging is that you have to look a certain way or lift a certain weight or be able to do a certain thing. And I think we could benefit from reframing our purpose. Move your body not to look good and not to get that perfect beach body, but to feel good and be a better human, healthier, stronger, happier. I think these are healthier goals to have in mind. That the more you move, the better you feel. Just keep it that simple. And then have fun. What do you enjoy to do? You know, I'm a nature lover, so I love the idea of forest bathing or wilderness therapy. As an avid canoe tripper and outdoors person, I've always felt the positive effects of nature deep in my bones. So without a doubt, being outside in nature is good for my body, mind and spirit. I also love to crank the music and have a dance party. It's a tremendous lift of spirits and, and great exercise and singing too. 
The party rocker is this little karaoke machine that we bought for my daughter. And it's the best thing that happened to my family's winter lockdown. And I don't doubt that, you know, belting out tunes at the top of my lungs helps burn calories and and it raises my heart rate. So just remember that you don't need to make huge changes. You don't need to run a marathon or do 100 push-ups. You can get great exercise doing things that are fun or by doing your chores and every little bit counts. Another tip is to hit the floor. So when we're exhausted at the end of the day and my husband and I are, you know, ready to zone out in front of the TV, I try to start on the floor instead of the couch. And this enables me just to do some really easy movements and stretches and twisting. And I also love to lie on the floor with my legs up the wall, which is a great posture to alleviate stress and and tension. It improves circulation and helps with varicose veins. And it's so relaxing and simple. And it can be done, you know, when you're watching your favorite show. Even better would be to get out those tennis balls or those foam rollers and spend some time rolling out the tension. They say that foam rollers are one of the best tools for fascial release. And as I was saying before, the fascia is is pivotal in our health and well-being. If you're able to get body work like massage or physio or acupuncture, I think any and all body work is tremendously helpful and complementary to all the self-care that you're doing. And I'd be remiss not to mention the importance of, you know, a balanced, healthy diet with lots and lots of water. And, you know, it's cliche, but we really are what we eat. So fuel your body in nourishing ways, but also with lots of, you know, ice cream and candy, too, because it is about balance. <laughs> Glad to hear you say that. And wine. <laughs> yes, all of those things. I, I believe it's about balance. And then, and then as far as, you know, apps, there are so many out there. Do you remember um, Hal and Joanne from Body Break of Canadian right? And they're like matching tracksuits. So Body Break was an initiative of the Canadian nonprofit Participation, which is an organization whose mandate it is to help Canadians sit less and move more. And Participation has a free app that has a huge library of videos and resources. And you can actually sync the app with your fitness tracker if you if you have one. Um, and it will send you push notification reminders. It will chart your progress and it will even give you rewards. So you can collect badges that you can actually use to enter draws for gift cards and prizes. This app also lets you create team challenges. And in June, they're launching a community challenge. So these are great ways to to stay motivated. And then during lockdown, I discovered an app called Down Dog, uh, which has sort of a choose your own adventure, like you were saying, Kim, um, yoga classes and and also HIIT workouts. And it was uh, gifted free for a few months during the lockdown, but it is now a, a subscription. Um, do yoga with me.com has a huge library of free videos and also yogajournal.com is another great resource. And then I would also love to plug my dear friend, uh, Sarah Manwaring, who is a yogi, a poet, a remarkable human being and an incredible teacher. And I'm so grateful that the pandemic spurred her to put some of her classes online. So it brought her yoga from Squamish, BC to my living room in Bracebridge. And Sarah introduced me to the idea of biotensive and her teaching is grounded in this practice. It's essentially a series of simple movements and it's designed to rehydrate and repair the body's connective tissue system. So Sarah's actually teaching a four-week virtual class on Tensegrity that begins today. So I urge you to check out her website um, and her offerings on Vimeo so I can share those links with you as well. And then one other yoga studio that I'd love to plug is a local studio up here in Muskoka. And again, they've moved a lot of their things to a subscription subscription 
based online platform, and that's ahimsa.ca. And then one other thing, if you have kids, you have to check out cosmickids.com. They have incredible, fun um, movement and, and music and, and yoga-based things that you can do with your kids. That's fantastic. Katie, it's funny when you were talking about the mental health side of things, I remember many years ago, not related to the pandemic, but I remember uh, extreme stress in my life. And my mother saying to me, Kelly, just go put your hands in the garden you will feel better. And, you know, it was something that was, it actually at the time took me a lot just to get out into the garden um, just because of what was going on. But when I did, it was like, I can't even explain how uplifting it was and how important it was for my mental health. So uh, yeah, you know, getting out in nature and connecting with it. And however, people want to connect with nature or can connect with nature is really uh, important. I also want to kind of um, mention maybe in a little bit of a funny way, but you mentioned the importance of body work and how that's really important. Now, I just want to say, Katie, when I hear body work, I'm kind of thinking something different. Maybe I'm paying for something. (laughs) Anyways, I was wondering if I should add that as a tip because I actually think that is a really great way to to elevate your heart rate. (laughs) But um, no, I meant more more PG body work. Excellent. But you did (laughs) you did point out something that I think is, is really important is that the barrier that we feel the further removed we are from from a healthy lifestyle you know the deeper we are in our depression or or if we've had an injury and we're suffering pain the it seems to be so hard to get back into it and um the the good thing is you just have to take those baby steps and a, and a tiny little move in the right direction is going to lead to another one and another one and you just build upon that but I I can relate because there's been many times in my life where I feel you know dreadfully unhealthy and and it just seems too like it's just too much you know you're you're overwhelmed by how that idea of like well I have so far to go so I'm not even going to bother getting started but you know if if we can just flip that and say you know a little bit at a time is going to make such a huge difference I think that's key yeah I would just like to echo that as well um I don't know if I've talked about this on here before if I've mentioned it to you Kelly but we have a, a hero who we look up to our family a fellow named Chris I believe it's Nietzsche is how you pronounce his last name um, he was the first man with Down syndrome to complete the Ironman, and he did it uh, a couple years ago. And he last year, maybe either last year or two years. It's all it's hard to remember now with COVID, but uh, recently he completed the Ironman, <clears throat> and we watched a little documentary on him um, because my son has Down syndrome. Obviously, he's a, an important person to us, and so he has a rule called one percent better, and he invites people to like set up their own 1% better challenge. So when he first started training for the Ironman, he had a hard time running. Um, And so his coach basically said, listen, like this is a, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, this training process is going to be something that is slow and steady. And all we need to do is try to get you to be 1% better every day. And that was his kind of mantra and the way that he tackled that training. And just to see how sorry <laughs> how triumphant it was to see him cross that finish line and it's incredible because i think it really is a testament to um 
taking things one day at a time and one step at a time. So I think that whether we're talking about like our physical well-being from sitting at desks or we're talking about wanting to have an overall more active lifestyle, I think that, you know, just as you said, Katie, just a little bit each day is all we really need to do. Um, And it's incredible what you can accomplish when you set manageable goals like that and when you really kind of uh, put your heart into something. I love that. Katie, it has been such great a great time chatting with you today. We truly appreciate your willingness to share your knowledge. Uh, we do appreciate it so very much. Some great insight and great ideas and great tips. Yeah. And now, like most on the podcast, what we need to do is figure out how to apply all of this great information and all these great strategies. So I think for me, I'm a pen to paper person. So I think over the weekend, I'm going to go back through the episode and I'm going to write down some things and try to do the 1% better and maybe say this week, I'm going to try to integrate this and then build on that every time I find the capacity or the the time to do that. So um, the things that you've presented, it's an an incredibly uh, robust list of suggestions. And we're so, so appreciative of uh, you sharing your knowledge with us so thank you so much and please come back anytime to uh, speak to us again about this or about anything else it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me i was so excited to be able to to be on your show and and to speak about something that is so dear to me so thank you thank you and that definitely came out uh loud and clear katie you are definitely passionate all right everybody bye for now Bye. bye bye see ya